God, we love you. We thank you for today. We thank you once again for this opportunity uh, as we open up your word. Man, as we look at the life of a guy for just a few minutes who was going through some stuff, and he had this opportunity, he had this, this invite to call out to you. Well, I, I pray that we can understand what was going on in Jeremiah's life and what really mattered between where he was in life and the invite, the command that you gave. Call to me. I pray that we can walk away with this understanding and, and that it shifts our very prayer life. Help us to focus on the relationship with you all the more. We love you, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so last year, our sermon calendar, let me just kind of talk about where we were, where we're going. Uh, our sermon calendar was spent mostly in the Old Testament. If you were here uh, for the better part of the year, we had almost 40 sermons uh, from the Old Testament. And we looked at geographical locations in, in the mountain series. Uh, we, we looked at um, you know the minor prophets, because those were some fun, encouraging, uplifting books to look at. Uh, we spent several weeks looking at just the life of, of, of David. Okay, And, and just kind of a, an FYI, our life group material uh, for this semester is, is going to go into a more in-depth, look into David's life. And so that's where our discussion is going to be about, about David and, 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 and really what was going on a little bit deeper than, than, than the sermons, okay? Now, what we did stay away from last year were, were, were a few things that, that I like to talk about the most. And, and that is because they have shaped my spiritual walk, okay? Um, I'm a big Dallas Willard fan, Dallas Willard is, is of the mindset that you develop spiritual disciplines in your life. And, and out of developing the spiritual disciplines in your life, your love and adoration of God is going to grow through the disciplines that you are developing. And I, and I like to talk about spiritual disciplines. Um, I didn't challenge y'all with any, with any soaps or any reading plans last year. We, 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 we stayed away from all of that. I love to talk about spiritual disciplines with you because it holds me accountable to practicing them. And, uh, you know, we, we toned that down. The other thing that we toned down more than, than I personally like is the discussion on discipleship. Now, I like to talk about discipleship. I like to talk about being in relationships. And I do. I will talk about relationships all the time. But I, I kind of toned down our in the importance of being in discipling relationships, okay? That was last year. So guess what? You are getting a heavy dose of the first part of this year. You're right. That's right. We, we, we are going to be talking about spiritual disciplines, and we are going to be talking about relationships and discipling one another and what that looks like. All right, we're going to look at series. We're going to read through the books, First and Second Thessalonians. We're going to do a teaching series on that. We're going to look at Peter's life. How many of you have ever read through the Gospels and you, you read through some of the things that Peter says, some of his actions, and you're like, I can relate to that guy. You don't want to say it too loud, right? Because we're almost a little bit embarrassed by some of the stuff that, that he does. So we're going to, we're going to look at, at Peter's life. Uh, we're going to do this long series on, on this idea of being transformed. 
What's that look like? You know, our vision at this church is that you will become like Jesus. That, that's what matters most to us. Is that wherever you are in your faith journey, whether it's I don't have a relationship with the Lord and I need to take certain steps to develop that relationship with the Lord, or if it's, man, I've been a Christian for 78 years, J.W. Man, 79 years. Man, I am still on this journey of becoming like Jesus. So we're going to look at this series on, on, on being transformed. Uh, we're going to do, this will interest some of you, because I get this every year, okay? We're going to do a, a short, I think about a month-long series on heaven and hell, okay? Um, and then certainly we're going to talk about this, one of the most overlooked commands, and that is go make disciples, okay? Of course, this month, though, we're going to be looking at this discipline. We're looking at the spiritual discipline of prayer, and then we're going to couple that with this thing called journaling. All right. Now, now I, I hear when you hear the word journal, uh, if you're like me, you're like, oh, man, like you mean like with pen and paper and writing my thoughts and in a diary? I mean, I hear the word journal. It's like, is that even a command? Can you show me in Scripture where it says, thou shalt journal your prayer request? I know you think that. And I know some of you hear the word journal and you're like, man, that's a burden. That's a waste of time. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to sell you and encourage you on, on the benefit that comes with writing down your thoughts. Because you know what? We have the recorded word of God. And the recorded word of God was a group of people who, who were sitting around and as they were experiencing life with God in some capacity, they decided that they would write this stuff down. And it formed what we now study as the Holy Word of God. Now, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that your journals, okay, are, are going to be meshed into Scripture that people study one day. Um, uh, maybe, maybe psychologists, I don't know. Uh, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time, right? But there is benefit in the relationship of writing stuff down. Ask my wife if there's benefit. One of the game changers in, in, in our marriage was the fact that I actually started writing stuff in a calendar, right? And that right there, that alone, those simple facts that I put into a calendar took our relationship to another level. It, it eliminated a whole lot of heated discussion. And, and so there's benefit, if you will, to, to writing this stuff down. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But we're also going to weave in and focus mostly this week, next week, and the following week, and maybe one more week after that, on prayer. And if you could ask God for one thing, I mean, if you could right now, if, if, if God would answer any prayer of yours, what would it be? Or if God answered all your prayers, how would your life look? How would it be different? If God answered all your prayers, how, how, how would your life be different? I, I got a feeling some of you, if you could ask God for one thing, there, there would be this, you know, this God blot out this, this decision, this poor decision I made in my past. Or God, heal this person. Or, or, or God, Bring this person back to life. Like, like, like th those, those would be some of the single prayers that if we could ask God one thing, 
that he would probably do. We would ask him. Those are, those are some pretty big deals. Hey, God, my loved ones, my acquaintances, man, they're, they're going through some stuff right now. They're going through difficulty. Eliminate that from their life, God. I mean, that's a good one. There's nothing wrong. Man, but if God answered all your prayers, how would your life be different? Well, I know for some of you, your team would be playing in a football game tonight. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? For some of you, man, you would have hit that golf shot when you laid down the 50 against your partner over here, your, buddy, your friend over here, and said, man, I will get it on the green. 50 says I do it. Dang, come on, Lord, just one time. You would have had the winning lottery ticket. God, I don't need the $800 billion. I'm good with the $100 million. Right? Like, I don't, look, look, God, I don't need all that. I just need all this. Right? I mean, if, if God answered all your prayers, you'd have had front row parking spots during the holiday Christmas season when you're last minute shopping and all that kind of stuff. If all God answered all your prayers, your travel plans would have connected smoothly and you wouldn't have had any issues. Most surveys that we read and study, and I, I love to get into the survey world, and it's funny, the one class I failed in college was statistics. I can't even say that word. And I failed it because I missed the exam, for, because I was in the library studying for the exam, not realizing that the exam was actually going on. And so I, 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 like to get, I like to get into that, right? I like to read surveys and trends and all that kind of stuff. And every survey about prayer in Christian life will tell you that prayer is the number one spiritual discipline that people participate in. Fasting, not so much. Fasting way down there. Prayer up here at the top. And some of that prayer is on my knees in the heat of the moment, begging God for a miracle. And some of that prayer is, come on, Lord, just, just make this happen. Just let me do this. Let me just get this. Help me here, Lord. And there's nothing wrong, church, with calling out to God in any circumstance. I want you to know that. There's nothing wrong with calling out to God and saying, God, man, if you can help me free up a parking spot so I don't have to walk 80 you know, miles to get to the store, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with saying, hey, God, man, show some favor on my team. They're getting beat by some scrubs right now. Come on. <laughs> but if that's the depth, if that's what's commonplace in our prayer life, is that it meets my needs. And it's all about something that I want and desire. Man, you're missing prayer. And what if our prayer life was more, it's one of my favorite words, what if it was more intentional? What if our prayer life was centered on getting to know God on a deeper level Instead of only getting some of my desires answered the way I think they should be answered, by the way. What if my prayer life focused on the depth of relationship versus some superficial needs? 
And that's been my prayer for the past 10 days preparing for this series. Is that our prayer habits will shift from God, do this for me. God, change my situation. God, help me out to God, let me know you more and better. If you have your Bibles, I've already told you, we're going to look at the Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read this. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You know, back in the day, I asked my parents this, and uh, some of y'all will remember this. Back in the day, for those of us who grew up or have lived in the landline-only generation, you remember the special numbers that you could call to relay or retrieve certain information? You, you think back some of that. Um, the beautiful thing about those numbers was that someone was always there. Like you, you never got a busy signal when you called those, like 911, for example. I, I remember sitting in South Jackson Elementary. I can't remember if it was sixth grade, seventh grade, whatever. And we had a class, like a, a one-day little thing, the fire department came, the police came, and they introduced to our rural community 911. I literally remember living in, a, in, in, in an area that didn't have 911. And, 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 and so it was impressed upon us that if you dial this, you're, you're going to get an operator, and, and they're going to ask you a series of questions. And some of y'all are like, what in the world? Like, how podunk and backwards were you? But, I mean, hey, this is, how it, this, is, this is how it was back in the day. And you only called if it was an emergency. And being on your Weeblo scouting trip, calling 911 because you're hot and tired is not an emergency. They frown upon that. I can't remember what it was, asked my family, but there was, at least in Jackson County, Jefferson, Georgia, Arcade, there was a number that you could call. You had to actually walk to the phone. It was attached to a wall, for those of you that have never seen this before. And you would dial this number, and it would give you the time and the temperature. Because, well, that, that's different. Because, at least it was there. Because walking, you know, past the clock to go outside to see how hot it was, was too much trouble. And, and, and so you could actually call the number and find out, hey, this is the time and this is the temperature outside. And nowadays, man, there's, there's N11 numbers. 811, we heard that commercial yesterday in Nashville. N11 or, or 811, 
Call before you dig. We're going to be there to answer your questions. Uh, 411 directory assistance. That's, that's kind of replaced the zero, the operator, and I don't even know the operator may work. Maybe zero still happens. I don't know. Um, 311, if there's just some community non-emergency stuff that you need to communicate. Uh, 511, traffic information for whatever, whatever region you're in, right? Like all of those numbers are still accessible to us. And when you hit those digits, someone will always pick up on the other end. My family says, oh, that must be a nice thought, Dad. We can call those people and they'll answer their phone. That's the very thing, church, that God is doing with Jeremiah here. He told him, call me and I will answer. Here's the truth. Whether you realize it or not, God is always listening. And God will always answer. And maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe your prayer, you know, is more in the category of, well, man, God's got me on hold right now because I don't feel like anything's getting answered. Or, or maybe you feel this over here that, man, no, God's got me blocked. Like, like it's, there, there's, not, there's not a connection. God's there. Let me give you some background on Jeremiah as to what's going on right here. If you turn back to Jeremiah chapter 1, if not, it's going to come up on the screen. Some of the opening words. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. All right, so this, this is the very beginning of Jeremiah, this, this man who's going to be used by God. Okay, so pay attention to what happened to Jeremiah the prophet. From the time he was in the womb, before he was actually able to <coughs> process and think things, when, it, when he was still an infant, he, he, before any of that, God had set him apart to carry out the mission of giving one of the most rebellious and stubborn people groups I mean, this generation was awful. All they sought after was false gods. And Jeremiah's mission from before he breathed his first breath of oxygen was to be a warning for these people that they would repent and turn from their sin. And so most historians say that about this time right here, when God comes to uh, Jeremiah, he's about 17 years old. Okay, and anywhere between 33 and 40 years, this man who has been labeled the weeping prophet was warning his people of severe judgment to come if the nation of Israel did not repent of their evil ways and return to the Lord their God. 
but because of their rebellious spirit. Now, they didn't like the message. And Jeremiah didn't give up. And day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, the message to the people was the same. Repent. Repent. Turn back to God. Repent. Turn back to God. There's going to be some drastic things take place in your life if you do not turn back to God for years. And the people just preferred to listen to false prophets that told them everything would be good, that Jeremiah guy's a little overrated, he's over the top, it's okay. But God's true prophet was calling them to repentance from their wicked deeds. And the people got fed up. And so they went to the king. And they said, shut him up. And the king was like, well, he's a prophet of God. And they're like, we don't care. Shut him up. So they threw him in jail. Jeremiah was persecuted. And so Jeremiah is in prison. And this is where the second time God spoke to Jeremiah. Don't miss that little detail. He's in prison. So you think about the life. You're a messenger of God. You think, man, if you're on God's team, man, you got it good. But Jeremiah never married. Therefore, he never had children. He never had a stable, comfortable home. Never had a real income. He did not see one single convert. Can you imagine? Can you imagine selling the message and nobody comes forward? Not one single convert. 40 years of preaching and not one person responded to the message and said, I'm on board with this dude right here. And he was lonely. He's uncomfortable because he, now he's in prison. And God says, call to me. And I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things. Things that you do not know. Now just put yourself there. Be Jeremiah for just a second. This is your life. You haven't had it going so well. If you're Jeremiah, do you really care about great and unsearchable things? I mean, do you even care about that stuff? How about God just get me out of prison? I'd be happy with that. God, I don't need great and unsearchable things. Change my situation, God. God, great and unsearchable things, wonderful, but here's what I want. God didn't give Jeremiah what he wanted. Pay attention to what God says to Jeremiah in his current situation. <clears throat> Verse 2, 33, back over there. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth 
the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. God reminds Jeremiah who he has access to. Jeremiah, I'm the one who made the earth. I formed it. I shaped it into a ball. I established life. I, I set up this whole thing. Yahweh is my name. The understanding. Man, I wish we could get this in our culture. The understanding of that information and the fact that we, you and I, have an invite to call to Him is enough. It's greater than your terrible situation that you're going through right now. It's greater than the burden. It's greater than the task. And you may have some really serious stuff going on. But the fact that we can call to Yahweh, that we can call to the Lord, Jeremiah, that's all you need. And that's why when Jesus teaches us to pray, oh, y'all don't know how to pray? Let me tell you how to pray. What does he begin with? you remember? Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. We're going to look at this in depth in a couple weeks. He starts out in teaching us how to pray with the understanding that our Father our source for goodness, our source for life. He is on the throne in heaven. That's where He sits, controlling the universe. And hallowed is His name. Great. I mean, I think I got a great name. I mean, because it means one like God. Right? And I mean, time to time, I may let it go to my head, you know. <laughs> But there's no comparison. There is no comparison to the name Michael and the name Yahweh because it is holy. It is set apart. And he made the earth. I formed it, he says. I established it. And God did not promise to Jeremiah, call to me and I will deliver you from your situation. Or call to me and I'll fix the problem that you find yourself in. It didn't change Jeremiah's situation at all other than his understanding. The reminder of who it was he served. God promised, call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That's interesting to me. I'm a student of the Scriptures. Here's the thing about this great and unsearchable things. It's not more Bible facts that the rest of you didn't know. It's not more Bible information 
It, it, it's, it's not secret code woven within the Scriptures that, that the average reader misses. That's not what it is. It's intimacy. It's intimacy within the relationship with God. Great and unsearchable things is knowing God on a deeper level and finding all we need, all we need in knowing that we have a relationship with Him. That's all that matters. Is it enough for you? I mean, there, there's sickness going on. I mean, there's things coming up this week for some of you that you're going to find out some results. You don't know how it's going to turn out. There's always the unknown. There's the unpleasantries. I don't like my job. I don't like this. Is God enough? We're going to spend time in the coming weeks about praying and asking God for specifics. Changing our situation. Meeting our needs and our wants. Because here's the truth. God wants to be part of that for sure. He tells us. Jesus tells us. Because He's a good and loving Father. But as we begin this year, and you're all hyped up on resolutions and doing better and being a new, better you, go team. I challenge you to focus your prayer life not on, hey, what can I get from God? But on knowing unsearchable things about God that you do not know. Father, thank you. Thank you for the message to Jeremiah. <clears throat> I pray, Lord, as we look at this man who's sitting in prison, he's in a situation that nobody here desires. May we be reminded of what you did to remind him of the importance of being in a relationship with you. It's not about changing our situation, but it's about knowing who it is that we've been invited, that we've been commanded to come and to call out to. Father, I pray that that's the trajectory of our prayer life, of our discipline that we develop. That, that God, it, it'll be less about my stuff. And Lord, you know it. I got stuff. I got all kinds of stuff. And I, I need help with my stuff, God. But it'll be less about my stuff and more about these deeper, unsearchable things about you that I do not know. May that motivate me. May that spur me on to seek you first in all things, to seek out to you in all things. Thank you, Father, for hearing us today. Amen.